Recorded live. Uh, good evening, everyone. This is Mark Giuliano, and welcome to the uh, second ep- episode of Podcasters on Podcasting. Uh, this is, of course, a podcast, and it's talking to our podcasters. So I'm certainly using that word a lot. But uh, the the idea of this show is to uh, interview uh, successful podcasters, uh, get uh, a little bit about their secrets, uh, some advice they have for people, and also just uh, get to know them uh, a bit better. Uh, tonight, uh, we have a uh, guest with us uh, who is uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, and uh, Cliff's been doing podcasting for quite a while, and, and he'll tell us about that. Uh, Cliff has been, uh, so far, the most successful podcaster on the uh, Talk Shoe uh, Network, and uh, I just checked out the, the stats, and uh, last week he had in the neighborhood of uh, 8,500 uh, downloads in a single week, according to our stats, and ours are indeed pretty uh, pretty conservative. So he's been uh, quite successful, and not just with one show, but with a number of shows. Uh, so uh, the first uh, first thing, actually, Cliff, I want to ask you is uh, a bit about your background. Could you just give us an idea of you know kind of where you're from and um, you know how you how you kind of got here? Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, I am from northern Kentucky, and which is just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm a husband. Uh, I've been married going now on 11 years to my wonderful wife, Stephanie Ravenscraft. Uh, together, we parent three wonderful children. We are raising uh, great adults uh, in, our, in our time together as a family. And my daughter is seven years old. My son is five years old. And our daughter, McKenna, is 22 months old. Um, I've been an insurance agent for the past 10 years of my life and enjoy selling auto, home, life, and health insurance. And I'm also very much involved in ministry. In fact, uh, for the past six years, I've been holding uh, positions such as associate pastor and pastor of small groups in a church uh, that is currently the size of about 7,000 people in attendance on a weekly basis. Uh, Recently, however, I've I've, uh, resigned from position as pastor so that I could uh, do uh, my ministry full-time through podcasting as well. And so uh, my passions include my family, my faith, computers and technology, among other things. But you sound certainly like a pretty busy guy. I think the three kids alone is enough. I've got uh, four myself, so I know what, what that's like, uh, um, especially on the ages you're talking about. Uh, so I'm sure you it's pretty tough for you to squeeze in podcasting. But, you know, tell us about that. I mean, how did you get into podcasting? It's obviously a relatively new thing. You know, what, what got you intrigued about it? Well, uh, it's all due to Leo Laporte and his This Week in Tech podcast. I was a huge fan of Leo back in the ZDTV and Tech TV days, which was a cable-slash-satellite network uh, station that was all technology 24-7. And, of course, one of my passions being technology, I always watched that show. <clears throat> it, I was doing a search on the web, checking out to see what Leo was doing after the the network had shut down. and and found out that he was doing this thing called a podcast. And I had briefly heard them mention it on, on Tech TV once and really didn't seem too interested in it. And then I actually subscribed to his This Week in Tech, and I was so surprised. All the friends, or all the friends, listen to me, all the people that I grow to love on uh, the Tech TV network were there in This Week in Tech. And so I got addicted to that show and I uh, very quickly learned about what podcasting was. I loved the fact that I could listen to it while I was riding my bike, walking through the neighborhood. I could listen to it when I wanted, where I wanted, however I wanted. And it didn't take me too long to find out that there were other podcasts out there other than just Leo. And 
I came across the uh, podcast that was devoted to the best show on earth, which is called Lost. And uh, I came home and I showed my wife. I was like so excited. You got to listen to this podcast called The Transmission. It, it it's devoted to Lost. And she's like, no way. And so we listened to it on our couch, watching our computer screen together as we listened to the podcast, our very first podcast together. And uh, basically, I, it, it, that night I started to look into podcasting and I said, you know, I I would love to start one of these things. And today, 13 months later, I'm running seven podcasts. Now, now, did you have any previous, you know, kind of broadcasting or radio or video or anything like that uh, experience? Absolutely no experiencing experience in broadcast at all. However, I have quite a bit of experience in talking a lot <laughs> and about being in a, and I have a lot of experience being passionate about the things that I talk about and it doesn't hurt that I've been preaching for 6 years as well. Right. So I think you mentioned certainly two of the of the key things for successful podcasters. One is being uh liking to talk and uh having an audience whether they're physically in front of you or or over the uh internet is uh, is pretty similar. And you also mentioned a key word that many many of our podcasters mention which is the word passion. And I think that's that's important. If you have something that you're passionate about, you're generally excited about what you're talking about, and and it comes across on a podcast. Now you just mentioned, you know, you said you have uh, seven podcasts, so you really have a podcast network. In fact, uh, you know, Cliff's um, network is uh, called Generally Speaking, and um, that's at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com, uh, I believe. And uh, so how, you, now you got a whole network. I mean, it's, it's, this is way beyond just hey, I want to talk about you know the show Lost or, or or hang out with Leo. This is into a sounds like a business you're you're kind of going after here. Tell us a bit about the network. Absolutely, it, it, it's called the Generally Speaking Podcast Network, and you're absolutely right. You can find all of our shows at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. And I'm extremely passionate about the things that I podcast about and. Uh, you know, the, a couple of the secrets to, to doing, I think, successful podcasts is the fact that, I, again, we've already talked about the fact that you need to be extremely passionate about whatever you're talking about. Um, because of, I'll be honest with you, there is this one uh, lady that was, uh, that was listen to me, as past tense, that she's passed or something. Dina Scott, Dina Henry Scott, is, has been a longtime listener of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. And um, she was a listener and just would email me, email in to me every now and then and ask me questions about podcasting. I'd email her back. And, and she decided to hire me as her podcast consultant. She, she figured she could learn how to do it all on her own, but figured it would take about two or three weeks to get everything going. And she figured since I had already gone, gone through all that hard work, maybe I could just spend a couple hours with her and teach her how to do it. Well, she started a podcast devoted to project management. Now, I'll be honest with you, I had heard the term before, but never really cared too much about it before I met her. And uh, to this day, I really am not overly enthused with project management. But every now and then, I will download and listen to her most recent episode. Two reasons. Number one, I have a personal connection in some small way, just even through a couple vo uh, uh, voicemails that she's left, a couple emails exchanged, and, and so there's a little personal connection there. But at the same time, she's extremely passionate about project management, which means that it's somewhat interesting to hear her talk about it because you're always drawn to people with passion. And so that, that's, my, that's one of the secrets to success, I think, that's out there. 
Um, the other couple things that I've learned is that you want to do podcasts for specific topics. I, I looked in the podcast directories and I realized that general podcasts don't cut it. They, they don't make the mark or make the grade. They don't get the subscribers because it's too general. Um, somebody, wants to, if, if somebody wants to subscribe to a show that particularly talks about something they're interested in. And they don't want to see 13 episodes that same week or that same month that have nothing that interests them whatsoever. They just want episodes that only interest them. And so while I started off with this, generally speaking, podcast, which was going to be about Lost, plus it was going to have episodes regarding faith and technology, and it was all going to be on one feed because I figured it would be too much work for me to start all these other feeds. Uh, I figured, oh, it would be great, but I learned very quickly that uh, once people heard us talk about Lost, Lost fans didn't want to hear us talking about faith. They didn't hear, want to hear me talking about technology. Um, at least seven or 8,000 of them didn't. The, you know, there was about 1,000 people that would, would be interested in hearing some of those other things, but the ma- overwhelming majority wanted to hear us talk about Lost. Okay, so, so you, it, it's interesting because you know you, you've given us a lot of uh, you know excellent advice so far, and we'll continue to talk about that. And you know, you said you were kind of new and didn't have any experience. Did you did are you kind of you know would you consider yourself an audiophile? Do you have a lot of uh, equipment, or you know what what do you really use to do your podcasts? Sure. Uh, well, I tell you what, I am not an audiophile. In fact, I never. I, if you would have asked me 13 months ago what an XLR cable is, I would have never been able to answer that question. Um, and to be honest with you, the um, as if I'm not going to be honest with you unless I tell you that. that was kind of <laughs> I hate as a podcaster. That's one of the biggest things I hate when you start saying the same thing over and over again, and you don't realize it until you listen to the episode later. Um, but anyway, I, when I looked at a when I would look at a mixer, I would get cold, clammy feelings. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So I started my first podcast with my laptop and a $15 headset microphone from Walmart. And boy, you can tell. So that's, that's what I started out with, with in equipment. Today I have probably about three or $4,000 worth of equipment. Wow, so you've really gotten into this. This is oh, a little, yeah. little more than the hobby now. <laughs> Uh, I crossed over from hobby to moving towards a career uh, in October of 2006. Okay, so you talked about okay. So you mentioned the word career. Now you got all these podcasts. You got a, a pile of hits. Uh, career sounds like it might have something to do with money. So tell us about that. I mean, where do you where do you see it going? Uh, I mean, is this something you're really going to do to make I don't want to say a living, but to you know to make a good amount of income? And you know, tell tell us about that. Your kind of thinking about about monetizing your your podcasts. Sure. Well, first off, I, I don't think that I'll ever make a living from podcasting. Um, what, there's a lot of people out there that say, listen, you know, you'll never be able to really effectively charge people for something they can get for free somewhere else. And I would always come back and argue, well, you can't cl- get Cliff's perspective on things anywhere else other than from Cliff. But the thing is, is, is even I'm not so egotistical to think that people will pay money to hear me talk to them for hours and hours per week. So I, what I try to do with my podcasts is to cover operating expenses. Uh, one of the things that I have is uh, we have the GSPN monthly support team. And those are people who come to my website at generallyspeakingpodcast.com. They go down to the PayPal button, and then it pulls up a page on my site where they can decide to contribute as little as $3 per month automatically as recurring payments through PayPal. And it's very easy for them to set that up, and they can cancel it at any time. But I have uh, several people signed up who will 
do that. And what that does is it helps me cover uh, bandwidth charges. Um, we have I, I pay I've got uh, a special broadband uh, voicemail service that delivers my voicemails uh, to me in MP, or I'm sorry in WAV files. I have costs associated with long distance telephone calls and and all kinds of other call, just operating costs. And what I hope is that my podcast, the the seven shows that I do, that it will generate at least enough support to pay for the minimum operating cost of doing the podcasting. However, I did say career, and I do mean making a living in podcasting. But for me, that living, that, that actual uh, over and above just the simple operating cost to keep things going has to come from two other areas. One would be through monetization of uh, putting some commercials at the front of the show, and that's something that TalkShoe is uh, helping me to do, and I, I've been very appreciative of that. And what you guys do are you basically get some advertisers for me, and whatever you guys make in revenue from those advertisements, you share half of it with me. And it's been able, it's enabled me to at least buy some nice equipment. Now, even with monetization of shows, I still don't see myself making a living off that, replacing my income as an insurance agent, plus getting health benefits and all those things. So for me personally, I'm going into a career not only as a podcaster, but a podcast consulting. Because where I see the future of podcasting is not just user-generated content from the individual, which I do see that growing, but I see businesses finally dumping their antiquated paper newsletters that you and I, Mark, every single time we open up the mailbox, we dump them right into the trash can. <laughs> we, don't, we don't read those newsletters. We don't read books anymore as a culture. So, so why, why do we continue to, as a business, as an insurance agency, to send out newsletters to our clients when it's just going in the trash? Yes. Where for a fraction of the cost, I mean literally a fraction of the cost of postage, you can hire a podcast consultant to help you uh, learn how to relate personally and instead of coming with a commercial, because nobody's going to subscribe to your commercials for your business, they want to hear you talk to them personally one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm going to teach people how to do that as an executive of a business or as the as, – as, you know, I'm going to teach them how to reach people where they are so that they can have this community that gets built among their clients or prospects that will generate not only people who are connected to you through this relationship of podcasting, but people who become dedicated to you and your business because of what you contribute and what you are able to provide for them through this medium. And okay. so podcast consulting is where I'm going. That's, uh, Cliff brings up a really, you know, you bring up a really good point, and uh, I've heard this from a number of other uh, people in podcasting that, you know, it's kind of this this avenue of, of being a consultant, which makes a lot of sense. And I think those people who are listening who are podcasters, um, you know, you may not think you're some sort of an expert in podcasting, but it turns out you are. Because if you've been doing it for 12 months or 15 months or however long, guess what? Those companies, they haven't been doing it for any months. So they want to, uh, you know, they, they, they don't want to just take a leap of faith and jump in and start spending money. They want to get somebody who knows what they're doing. And somebody who's been doing podcasting, learning the ropes, learning the equipment, learning how to, how to uh, 
monetize, learning how to um, to talk, learning how to prepare, all the things one needs to make a successful podcast is is information that you as a podcaster can definitely impart on the companies, and they're and they're willing to pay for it. Um, and as as you see, so uh, I certainly uh, you know w- wish you uh, luck there, and, and I know you'll be successful because you've been successful so far <laughs> in what you're doing. Um, one of the uh, people here on on uh, line right now asked a question about kind of the voice, um, and and I'm assuming that the question really is, you know, do you have to have that sort of radio voice, uh, or, or is it okay to just be a regular guy and and just talk? What what have you found there in terms of the ones you've listened to, and and also just from your personal experience? Sure. Uh, well, uh, as as a minister, I have to always ask the question: What do you mean by successful? Make lots of money, uh, or do you mean by successful meaning that you have a show where you actually are able to talk about something uh, that it, you're passionate about, and you just want to be able to gather around you a very large community of people who will also support your passion? And because if that if that's what you mean by success. Um, by all means, you you can be anybody can be successful. I I know that there are thirteen, fourteen year old boys out there that are are doing podcasts, and not that just boys, but I'm sure thirteen year old girls are. But I, I happen to know a couple thirteen year old boys that are doing podcasting devoted to Macintosh, and you know what? They reach a huge audience of other uh, young teen boys that are also into Macintosh, and they do a superb job. Now I I've listened to them. And it doesn't interest me in the slightest, but they have their audience, and their audience loves their show. And so I would say that he would be considered a success. Now, is he going to be able to monetize that and be a, a financial success? I would say that it probably probably will take a little bit more than just having a passion for for a subject. I think I don't necessarily think you have to have the voice. Um, you can compensate for the voice with great content. Content is your number one thing. And for me, I honestly believe that audio production, your, and, and by audio production, I mean spending hours before every single show that you do, spending hours preparing for your show, and then doing a top-notch job actually investing in equipment. Uh, for example, I have $700 worth of broadcast radio station microphones sitting in fr- front of me. Uh, I've come a long way from from the $15 headset mics, and it has made a difference. And I will tell you that that my subscriptions have grown incrementally with the improvements that I've made to the equipment and the sound production of my show. Good. So, and so, then of course, yeah, so you mentioned quality, and we've been talking about success. Um, you know, like I said, you've been the most successful on on the Talk Show Network. I mean, you know, you got you're getting a lot of hits. You know, what is it? I mean, because there's there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I wander around the network and I listen to stuff that gets you know three hits a week, and it, yeah, it sounds sounds pretty good. The guys have something to say. But where do you attribute your success in terms of building your audience base? What where do you really think the elements are that that made you get such a large audience base? Okay, first off, um, it, I will attribute my audience base to Lost. There is there is nothing on television that has the hype and all-around worldwide impact and influence that Lost does. No other television in history, no other television show in history has ever been on every single continent downloaded illegally by millions of residents in every single country. I mean, they, they, they hear about Lost, 
They want to hear about it. And not only will they go and download it off the Internet illegally, but they want to hear other people who are talking about it. And so they'll go and download a podcast. And they're searching for podcasts devoted to Lost. When I started out with my Lost podcast, I was the fourth fan Lost podcast out there. And I went from my first show had 400 listeners, and within six, week I, six weeks I had 4,000 listeners. And that had absolutely nothing to do with the production quality of my show or anything like that because I was, I was nervous, I was blundering, I, I didn't put a lot of preparation into the show at first, and our audio was horrible. But the content was in high demand. There was a very large audience of people who were hungry for anybody to talk about Lost as much as possible. And so that's where I got my audience from. And when it came to, you know, I've started other podcasts, and the, I attribute the success of all of my other podcasts that I do due to the, the relationships and the community that I have actually established among my listeners uh, through playing every single voicemail that I can possibly play in all of my podcasts. When they call in, I put it in the show. I answer every single email. I get at least 60 emails a week. I sometimes get as many as 300 or 400 emails a week. I reply to everyone, and I've never given a, a, one of those pat responses with it that you copy and paste. I type a response to everyone. I have a listener forum with over 1,300 of our listeners that are signed in on a daily or not, if not daily, at least a weekly basis who are interacting with each other. So we actually literally have a GSPN family that's built around our show. So when I announce a new show, I've got a built-in audience at this point. But I have to say, for if you want an immediate success, there are two things that you can do. Find something that you're going to have a huge audience for built in. Lost was one of them. Grey's Anatomy was a no-brainer. Uh, there is actually only one Grey's Anatomy fan podcast, and it started last week. And in the first week, we have over 1,200 subscribers. And so, I, I mean, it, I knew it was going to be a major success as soon as we announced it. And so that, that's what I would suggest is, is if you really want to build an audience fast, go out and, and do one where you already know that there are millions of people who already enjoy that. Now, technology, it, it, the market is flooded. It, you don't have, you, it really, you don't have a chance to build a several thousand member audience in a technology podcast today. So find something more niche targeted. Unless you can get into a technology that maybe you, you get into somebody that um, is a old Commodore 64 hobbyist. You start a podcast like that, you may be surprised at how many thousand people would search that out. <laughs> so that's where I would say go for it. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's interesting uh, you talk about the tech. Cause like you say, there's, there's tons of tech podcasts out there and of course like anything uh everybody gravitates towards the you know top whatever 10 shows uh like leo show or something like that and uh, when it comes to you know top lost podcasts obviously you're you know way at the top of the list um i had a question for you now when you started the lost podcast were you like in message boards about it or or were you blogging about it or did you in other words did you already have a group that you were communicating with or was this just totally um you know kind of from left field doing doing the podcast. I, I will tell you I was I what I did with my lost podcast 
is I basically called in and left voicemails for the three existing podcasts that were already out there, just leaving my own personal theories and thoughts on the show. And about three weeks into start to doing that, after listening to these Lost podcasts, I decided to start my own. And so when I started leaving my voicemails, I started saying, hey, by the way, I'm going to start a podcast about Lost, and I'm actually going to talk, it, talk about it from a slightly Christian perspective. So I, and, and I said, not only that, but my wife is going to join me, and so we're actually going to bring a married couple's perspective on Lost into the mix. And I left that in voicemails on the, uh, the other three shows. All three other existing fan Lost podcasts played my message, and that's where my audience came from. So where where do you see your your network going? Let's let's kind of move this to talk about the future for for a couple of minutes here. Where you know is it more shows? Is it more audience? Is it, you know where 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 are you headed? You know, I, I as far as my network, I want to make sure that I don't get. First of all, I at this point in time, I no, I don't have any aspirations of growing outside of what we call a self-produced podcast network, meaning that I am the executive producer and have my hands involved in every single part of overseeing every single episode produced on my network. So, uh, and, and Leo Laporte is exactly the same way. Now, he has some other shows where he's not a part of the panel discussion, but he's very much a self-produced podcast network. His hands are involved in every single one of his shows. I see myself probably not growing any larger than the Twit Network. Um, but the thing is, is that I always want to make sure that before – I go start a new show that I always remain consistent with the shows that I have. I mean, I, the one thing is I, I realize is that I can sit here and talk about thousands of downloads. And for me, that's not thousands of downloads. And again, this comes from my ministry perspective. And also as an insurance agent, people don't like to be viewed as a number. And, and if, you view, if you view downloads as a statistic only, you, you've already failed as a podcaster because people aren't going to feel your love. And, so, and, and if you decide you're not going to respond to the emails, then, then you, you're missing out. I will tell you that, that probably one out of every ten emails that I take the time to respond to with maybe about five to ten minutes of my time, one out of ten of those people will become a GSPN monthly supporter. That I mean, that just tells you how much you need to view these people not as a number, but as individuals. And I don't. I have a show right now called Net Junk. It's downloaded by about 130 people per week. And I will be honest with you, I'm tempted to cut that show sometimes. When I look, especially when I think about ad revenue, my my Lost podcast and my Grey's Anatomy podcast are going to bring in some massive ad revenue. And I put every single bit of as much time and effort into NetJunk, which is a technology podcast that I do with my friend who's been a, a great personal best friend of mine and prayer partner for 10 years. And he and I get together and talk for an hour, an hour and a half every week on TalkShoe. 130 people. But I'll tell you, there's this temptation sometimes to think, well, man, I'm only getting 130 people over here, and I'm getting you know thousands. I could cut this show and go start another really popular one. And I, I would tell you, once you start thinking like that as a podcaster, uh, you're you may be successful with downloads, but you're gonna you're gonna roll off those downloads as quickly as they come on. 
and eventually people will you'll you'll get a bad name in the community. And I'll tell you what, 130 people who are willing to listen to Cliff talk about technology <laughs> and gadgets, I, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it sometimes amazes me. I know on, on my podcast, you know, I'll, I'll look at numbers, and like you say, you, you kind of get fascinated with the numbers, and then you, you stop and think, maybe driving home, there's actually people somewhere out there listening to what I have to say about a topic or what my you know audience base, when we do an interactive one, has to say. And it, it, it's kind of amazing, especially when you get these emails from somebody in Australia or I got one yesterday from a guy in the Netherlands, uh, or things like that. It's kind of amazing that it's, there is somebody out there actually listening and, and reaching out to you and you're reaching out to them, obviously. Yes, and, so, and that's the key. Reach out to them. So, uh, so we talked about then your future. Where do you know, kind of, if if you can put put your um, you know general podcaster hat on for a second. You talked about some of the future in terms of corporations getting into uh, podcasting. W- any other prognostications about where you see see this stuff uh, heading? Because we're certainly at the beginning of this uh, wave. But where do you think this is all gonna gonna go in a in a few years here? Well, about nine years ago, I started this thing called a blog. And people, I, I would say, hey, I just started a blog, and people would say, bless you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and, and they said, what would you say? And I said, a blog. And they said, like, what's a blog? And, and I just remember having to explain to everybody what a blog was. Now today, I mean, the news talks about the blogs. I mean, the, the, it's the, matter of fact, it's the blog. I mean, what, what red-blooded American has never heard the term blogosphere? I mean, if you haven't heard the term blogosphere – you are not breathing because that that word is out there. Now, I will tell you, I was blogging before they actually had a blog engine. I was hand-coding HTML files. And so I was an early adopter. And I, and, and I said to myself, and I said to other people, they said, what in the world is this blog thing that you're doing? And it's like, I said, it's, it's like an online diary. It's like a website. It's automatically updated. It's in sequential order. It keeps track of things. It, it's really a great way to communicate information, facts, and what's going on in your life, and keep people updated. It's a great way to communicate your, your thoughts on and, and, sh- and share ideas, and people can interact and comment on it. And it, it's really great, and it, I think it's really going to catch on, and people are like, I don't know about that. And today, it's everywhere. And I'm finding the same exact thing. Even today, uh, now podcast finally was the word of the year, and it got put in the dictionary. Today, I still get, I don't have an iPod, so I can't listen to your podcast. Right, right. And so, but the thing is, where do I see in a general term podcasting going? It's already on its way there. I foresee a day where there will be more podcasts than there are blogs. And I, think po- I, I don't think that podcasting will ever replace blogs, but I, I believe that blog, or podcasting will be everyday language for people in about four years from now. And I don't think it's a – I definitely know for a fact it's not a fad. Um, it, it is here to stay, it, and, and it's only going to increase as people start finding about this. I mean, I, I listen to the channel – the local news at 11, and they're saying, oh, if you missed any portion of this episode, it will be podcasted on our website immediately following the news. So, I mean, go get our podcast. You've got, um, you've got Whirlpool saying, go check out our podcast. You've got TV shows saying check out our podcast. Superman Two, Super I'm sorry, Superman Returns, uh, Brian's blog or Brian's uh, diaries or whatever. The guy Brian Singer, I guess, is the 
uh, director, it was a huge deal. As he was making the movie, he was podcasting the status of how that movie is going. Mm-hmm. People are actually, movie theaters are actually putting podcast commentaries. Just like when you get a DVD special box edition and it's got the director's commentary on it. Right. Well, some, some movie studios are already releasing podcast commentaries for you to listen to so that you can go back to watch the movie and pay full price in the theater again so that you can put your earbuds in and listen to it <laughs> as you're watching the movie again. So uh, podcasting is going to be everywhere in four to five years from now. Well, great. You know, Cliff, I, re- I really appreciate, you know, all of your comments. And it just just for, for those people out there who kind of joined perhaps a little later, um, I'm just going to quickly summarize uh, some of the things that Cliff uh, mentioned. He, he certainly talked about the idea that to do a podcast, you know, you you got to just like know how to talk. You don't have to be a radio voice. Uh, you don't have to be somebody who necessarily has all the gear and everything, but uh, wanting to talk and wanting to communicate uh, are quite important, in particular if they're coupled with passion. And, and uh, Cliff used that word many, many times, as I've heard other podcasters uh, you know, use, use that uh, exact term. You also talked about things like reaching out to your audience and not just treating people as numbers, but you know, responding to emails, giving out your email address, and really uh, building a, a sense of community as opposed to more like a, a one-way radio broadcast where you really have, have no idea who's at the other end. Um, also talked about the fact that to get started, you really don't need to buy all, all kinds of gear. Uh, it may be great in the future to increase the quality of your podcast, and certainly that may help in terms of uh, your listener base. But you can indeed get started uh, with a, a PC and a mic or a, or a telephone or some pretty rudimentary gear and then kind of work up to it uh, as as you go. Uh, you also talked about uh, kind of the money-making aspects, and uh, I, I like the fact that uh, – you know, Cliff, you've you've kind of done a little bit of the donation thing. Uh, I think that works. I think people out there who appreciate something, it's it's kind of like passing the hat. Uh, I'm from New York City myself, and I remember when there was a a good group of guys, you know, singing uh, in uh, Washington Square Park in Greenwich Village. You know, people put their dollar bills in because they they appreciated the uh, the quality uh, of the content. Uh, then, of course, there's ad revenues, and ultimately. Um, those of you who are podcasting, uh, you're, you're, you don't know it yet, but you're experts. <laughs> and, and getting into the consulting world and helping corporations or other podcasters out is, uh, is another great uh, thing to do. So, uh, you know, Cliff, I, again, I, I do want to thank you. Uh, and one of the things I, I try to do is keep my podcast relatively short, kind of in that 20 to 35-minute realm. <laughs> um, that seems to be the, the optimal size. And uh, I should say to people out there that this is going to be a series where we'll talk to podcasters. Uh, if you're interested in uh, being on the show, please send me an email at uh, jules, J-U-L-E-S, at talkshoe.com. Uh, even if you don't want to be a guest, just send me an email and, and uh, you know, we, can, we can chat and build an audience. The other thing that I, I will say is uh, for all of the people on the show, I will actually be writing profiles uh, so these will be documents that we'll put up on the TalkShoe uh, website in various places. Uh, you can download them, share them with your friends. Uh, maybe they'll get published on blogs. So we'll start to spread the word of podcasters on podcasting and getting some of the stories out there, not only uh, orally, but also in the, uh, in the written word. So uh, with that, I'll, I'm going to turn it to you uh, one last time, Cliff, and, and ask you if you have any other uh, you know, final kind of closing thoughts that you'd like to share with uh, the audience today. Well, 
knowing that this is a talk show audience, I, I only want to plug one show, and and I want to invite the listeners to go to generallyspeakingpodcast.com. And in the right-hand side, you'll see all seven of our shows. Halfway down, you'll see a show called The Podcast Answer Man. And I, need, I, I really want to plug two shows that I think anybody who is thinking about talk show or is using talk show should really pay close attention to. Episode number four of The Podcast Answer Man is titled Get Paid the Podcast, Really, from your very first show. So episode number four talks about how you can actually get paid the podcast and it doesn't cost you anything. And then episode number five is my favorite podcast episode I've done in a very long time, and I interviewed the CEO of TalkShoe, Dave Nelson, and uh, I got a a backstage inside story on how TalkShoe came in to fruition, how it was just a thought a couple years ago, and how it got started, how the money was raised to do it, and where TalkShoe is going from this point forward. And that's episode number five of the podcast and answer man, Dave Nelson of TalkShoe. Thank you very much for letting me uh, share that. Yeah, gr- great. Uh, thanks. And, and Cliff, certainly if you know anybody else who you think would be a good guest, you know, shoot me an email and try to keep this thing going. I certainly intend this to be uh, going for quite a while. I'll never run out of guests because there's going to be an uh, infinite number of podcasters going forward. Uh, and, and obviously this is is for other people who want to get into uh the trade and the the uh, the fun really of podcasting. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and end the show. But uh, those of you who want to stay on and uh, talk, uh, feel free to dial in. Uh, feel free to chat. I'll I'll leave the uh, room open. And um, and and until next time, um, this is Jules uh, signing off.